everybody to the Geekscape Games Podcast. This is level 25, Deus Ex versus Fantasy Life. This is the super duper speedrun edition of the Geekscape Games Podcast. I have to be off and in bed by 10, so hopefully we're going to be on time this week. I am, the blue, I am the blue blur himself, Shane O'Hare. And with me are the hombres of haste, Derek Cranavelt, Josh Jackson, and Juan Carlos. How are you guys doing today? Mm. That's really good. Let's get started. <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, how are you guys doing? Fine. Man. He's still recovering from AJ's retirement. Wait, AJ retired? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm a, you sound I'm, like your I'm, dog died. I'm broken. You're broken? Yeah, I, yeah, he's I, broke I, down. I, he's talk, sad. Talking to you guys is the last reason to live for me. <laughs> so once we're, so once this episode's done, he's uh, he's gone. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. I'm, I'm just concerned because I've seen Psycho, and I know where this goes. <laughs> Have you guys been watching Bates Motel? Because that show is great. Uh, okay. And we're off topic. Uh, um, no, uh, you know, answering your question, you know, I'm doing all right. Thanks good, for asking. Good. Uh, Juan, you had to leave extremely abruptly last weekend and didn't get, get to answer the question of the week. I Yeah, I'm sorry about that, but I'm back and I'm, everyone's good. Everyone's healthy. Yeah. So, um, uh, what character would you like to see added to Smash Bros.? Mm. Uh, either I pu- I think I put this on Twitter earlier, but Wonder Red from the Wonderful 101, only because Platinum Games has done a fantastic job of supporting the Wii U with quality games. Mm-hmm. Uh, Bayonetta also throw in there because um, why not have another female in a skin tight suit going yeah, up against? Yeah, and she's like a Disney or Disney. She's like a Nintendo <laughs> princess now. <laughs> No, she'd be the perfect Disney princess. But <laughs> uh, it was either that or uh, the what's been very popular amongst a lot of people is Shovel Knight. I would, it's a I great mean, idea. That's brilliant. Add, yeah, so either one of those three, I'd be very, very happy with. Cool, cool, right on. Well, um, let's get started with the news. Um, the first on the list, probably the biggest one from this last week, so big, it's in our title. Deus Ex Mankind Divided uh, has been kind of officially announced, leaked with a lot of bullshit going on. Um, it, Derek, uh, why don't you tell us uh, what it's all about? Uh, it's officially announced now mm-hmm. uh, because it leaked out on Tuesday um, with some screenshots. And then it was actually the uh, um, the cover story in GameSpot Informer. magazine. Game I think Game Informer, good one, good one. Uh, and uh, so then they officially announced it with a cool but uh, completely CGI trailer. And um, supposedly it's in engine. Yeah, but I don't know. Do you guys remember? Like, I remember when Human Revolution was announced, and it was literally the best looking video game trailer like that has ever existed. Yep. And they were like, "Yeah, it's totally the game. This is totally the game." And then the game came out, and it was a really pretty game for sure, but it looked nothing like that. Yeah, um, but no, the trailer is super cool. The game is set like uh, two years after the events of uh, Human Revolution, and it's. You know, I did not play Human Revolution. You should play it. Like it's a game great holds game. Up, it, it holds up really, really well. But, I am. Um, um, it, when that came out, it came out very near Syndicate, and I played through the sh- the shit of Syndicate. Um, so I think I got like burnt out with the whole cyberpunk like augment thing. You should definitely check it. Like it's just in terms it's probably of better how than well. <laughs> Yeah, the, I feel like I never. The only time I ever heard of Syndicate was like I was flipping through like the bargain bin one day, and uh, there it was. <laughs> it 
And yeah, that, that that game got shit on. Um, I mean, it was it had a great single player. Um, but the co-op, like they they promised like this huge, like expansive, like persistent online, like I don't know, competitive leaderboard where you could create crews, um, um do these missions and you know level up your characters online. But mm-hmm. it was just like super buggy. And it was really fucking hard too, like really like disgustingly hard. So it just it it just died. But I yeah, didn't like remember the, that it had an online mode. Oh, well, trust me, I I I I forced my friends to get it, and we played like three rounds. Everyone's like, "This is too hard," and we just stopped. So you're not missing anything. Yeah. Anyways, the this series. Well, like, did you guys play the previous games in the series before Human Revolution? Human I played Revolution a little bit of the original. I played a little bit of the original on Xbox, but it just it felt like a pc game on a console so it just it felt definitely really did bad. i played it i actually the because i didn't know it was a it I was did, a pc game. it was a pc like game a, and then it yeah. was ported and the port wasn't great but the um the uh p i play actually played it for the first time on the ps2 and i played i think that was actually possibly because that was on like a blue disc like that's how early in the ps2 lifespan it was <laughs> i remember that. yeah and it was i think it was one of the first games i picked up for ps2 and i played right through it and there was points of this game that were fucking impossibly hard to play because it was totally meant for a pc and like playing it with a controller just did not feel right um but i was just so engrossed and like this the story was fantastic it was one of the earliest games that i remember having like the like, kind of a multi-threaded like story where you could make some choices and there was like six or seven different endings and um a lot of kind of different aspects of that and you could you know because it was like a shooter but it had these rpg elements so you could figure out like you could put you know all your uh your like experience points into stealth and so you were better at stealth or like firearms so you could do that there's like this like old like uh, i hate to use the word troll but like prank people would play on like noobs of the game and say oh dude put all your points into swimming trust me you'll you'll just put all your points into swimming and you could you could literally beat the game without ever touching the water so it would just like ruin someone's character for them and they would get stuck because yeah, they yeah i don't actually remember swimming in that game exactly uh, there was water in that game but yeah exactly but uh yeah the story was you know the story in that game was what really kept me playing but the gameplay was really good too and then the next game in the series like was not good it, i think it was made by a different team i think it was as well and it was a like it was an okay game but it just was not deus ex and yeah. uh that's what obviously what everyone wanted and and then so and and then that was the last one until human revolution wasn't it I believe uh so. yeah you no know, they they yeah the second they had they had that second one yeah invisible um, war yeah yeah that's the one that wasn't good but but i loved loved the first game loved invisible uh sorry loved uh human revolution and i'm sure you know this one being if as long as they take the same care that they did with human revolution it's going to be like a standout game of whenever yeah. it comes out the 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 announcement like i did some digging earlier today to get like a timeline of like what went on because um and what what i like did find out that it was this huge clusterfuck um so there was this um it was supposed to be like this arg thing that was going on uh alternate reality game and uh so like square was having a twitch stream that was this arg and it was a guy like like in like a like a prison or like a like a, a shipping container or something and uh, people on Twitch could, like, vote for stuff that would happen. So, like, there was a part where, like, guards came in and, like, started interrogating him. And uh, these are all real actors, by the way. And, like, uh, it was like, okay, he has choice. He could, like, go along with them or he could stand his ground. And so what I what I read was 
Twitch was like, okay, stand your ground, stand your ground. And um, so the guy like stood his ground and then the guards like beat the shit out of him. So there was supposed to be this like really elaborate ARG that was leading up to um, Deus Ex. Um, but Square, instead of making it like this cool ARG that only a few people knew about, Square was like tw- tweeting it and broadcasting everywhere. It's like, hey, check out our ARG for an upcoming game. So it kind of like lost its allure. And then um, somebody started leaking um, screenshots. And um, what was supposed to happen was Game Informer had like the exclusive um, for the, they had like the world exclusive, like it was gonna be on the cover of the magazine and like whatever, but it started getting leaked. So before the ARG was even over, uh, Game Informer just like blew their load and like put all their stuff out. Oh, wow. Because they were losing their exclusivity because like NeoGAF and like other websites were. Oh, posting it before they were because. yeah, and, yeah, they, yeah. And, they, and they had all the, you know, they had the trailer and they had everything. So that was, that was, you know, it was, it wasn't handled very well, but um, I'm really excited for it. It looks amazing. Uh, I just hope that it's going to be as good as it looks. Yeah, totally. And, yeah. and like, you know, the last game was stellar. I would recommend going back and like it aged really, really well. Yeah, that I'm was gonna, actually gonna... the first game that I, because I had a MacBook Air at the time, and I did not want to play it on console for some reason. So that was actually the first game I played using uh, on Live. Really? Yeah. I. Uh, oh, I think Is that it was still around. No, they actually Sony bought it and they just shut down. Uh, they just announced it's that they're shutting it down this week. They bought it for like the technology or something. It was actually like I had. Um, it was really good. Like as long as you had a good internet connection, like I had. They had this thing called the Play Pass or something like that, which was 10 or $12 a month or something. And it basically just had like a couple of hundred games that you could play unlimited via that or you could buy or rent uh, like like newer games and stuff. But I mean, there was like, mm-hmm. like I remember I played through a couple of the older Tomb Raider games and like a bunch of stuff that I hadn't experienced before on the service. And as long as you even over Wi-Fi, as long as you had a good connection, like it was basically unnoticeable from from playing it live. That's cool. Um, yeah, but I played through. So I played through the entirety of Human Revolution because it. Oh, because they they Square Enix did a promotion with OnLive. So when you bought the PC version of the game in the on the in the sleeve, there was a code for the OnLive version for free. And I think somebody, I think I did like a game swap thing on Reddit, like you know that game swap subreddit. I like traded someone like a Steam game or something. Now, do you have Do you have to come on the game before you swap it? Uh not back then, but the rules may have changed since uh, I've been around. Um, but yeah, you uh, you were just basically like I gave someone a Steam game and then they gave me the code for that. And just you don't have to download anything. And I was playing it on this like, you know, Mac, the MacBook Air wasn't that powerful, especially like that was like the, the, in 2010. So, um, yeah, it was pretty cool. Yeah. What is no what Juan, what did you just send us in the chat here? Uh, you mentioned you never played Deus Ex. So they have the director's cut of Human Revolution on the Wii U, and it's only seventeen bucks on Amazon, and hmm. it, and it has it, all the DLC that was available when it was initially released. They added that extra story arc pack in there as well. So you're pretty much getting everything that ever came out for Human Revolution in that one game. That looks that looks really cool. And hold, I'm gonna see what uh ah fuck it. Um, I would honestly probably get it on the PC just because. PC Master Race. There was um, there was but, a really good one for iOS as well. I think it came to Android later too, actually. But it was uh, a really cool, really premium uh, 
like tablet experience. Um, yeah. It's called Deus Ex: The Fall, and if anyone missed out on that, I would definitely recommend playing through that too. I'll probably do that. I just remember um, reading so much about Deus Ex. I missed on it. I missed out playing it the first time because I didn't own the console to play it on. And when I saw that it was coming out for Wii U, I jumped on that. Um, fell in love with it. The moral choices you make throughout the game, especially with the with Derek, and you understand how leading up to the end. Um, made me feel very heavily invested in the story. Like I got so engrossed in the story and the character um, that I couldn't stop playing. Like I had to go back and figure out, all right, what's going to happen in this chapter? What's good? Like, um, and then the little instances where you're given side missions to, um, I guess some girl was being harassed at a club and you had the option of either talking it out with someone. Yeah. There's many um, conflicts where you could just simply talk it out or you could use blunt force, but it's yeah, a, yeah but, totally. But it's a nice because and you can, you know, change the character like level him up. Do you want him to be uh, more persuasive in his speak, or do you want him to be extremely deadly? You can resolve multiple issues more than one way. It's not just going there and killing the boss. You could actually talk to, to the boss and you know make him see, bring him to reason, but. It was really interesting to see like how good you could get to negotiating or to just being a fucking badass. Or you can challenge him to like a hundred meter swim. Yeah, and, <laughs> yeah. hundred meter swim is not a very smart far swim, Shane. And I, uh, uh, I, I don't, I don't know metric. But I also, because uh, <laughs> I just gloss over. And see if you could uh, edit this out of the the final cut. But I promised our glorious leader because I had a talk to, with him on the um, during WonderCon. And he goes, uh, JC, goes, like, the show's great. Everything's going fine. Do you listen to the show? So I was like, yeah. I was like, there's one note, one note for you. I was like, okay. And he says, uh, everything's fine. You know, input's nice. But <laughs> I know exactly if, what he's going to do. If you could cut on the swearing. Because you drop F-bombs like crazy, man. And, I was like, <laughs> and he goes, and you're an English teacher, right? And I was like, and I know where he's going with this. I said, yeah, it was like I would think of the four of you, you would have the bigger grasp of the English language that you could find some kind of synonym that would mean what you want to say or that you said, but isn't that? So, um, yeah. So I have, to, I'll be much, much better about my my he, my dirty mouth. He called me, and this is so off track, but I just got done editing the show, and I was going through stingers. Um, and one of the stingers that I was going to choose was just you going, you motherfucker. <laughs> really? So like the timing was, was priceless. I, uh, we're going pretty inside baseball here. Yeah. Um, really one quick funny thing. Um, I, I, I saw everything blowing up about like the Square Enix, uh, stream and I wasn't really paying attention to it, but I first like found out uh, that it was Deus Ex when I was reading a fashion blog. And there's this like boutique clothing company called Acronym, um, and their clothes were in the trailer. That's nuts. And I, and I was like, okay, I'll look up Acronym. Acronym is like they they could have like perfectly designed uh, the the clothing for any cyberpunk um, uh, universe. Like everything is super like future. It's just really cool looking, though everything is horrendously horrendously over. Price. the the cheapest thing I found on their store. Now all the prices are in pounds, like British pounds. Uh huh. The cheapest thing I found was a T-shirt for sixty British pounds. So, so yeah, like, I feel like that's that's in terms of like 
I guess is it because it's the steampunk stuff? Because in terms of high end clothing, that's not anything. Well, for to... just like a, it's just a plain white t shirt. Yeah, I mean, I was at like the Burberry store the other day, and when I was uh, in the states, and it was like the cheapest like t shirt in there was like two hundred dollars. Yeah, but I'm looking at like some jackets that don't look like they're twelve hundred pounds. Oh yeah, and, for like, sure. Just yeah, go to Pasadena, so... the three t shirts for ten dollars. We'll take... <laughs> I mean, go to Casa de Shades and get Cost... some. Some knockoff Bart Simpson shirts. <laughs> Bart si- Simpson. <laughs> Bart. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, Deus Ex. Um, I'm hyped for it. Everyone else is hyped for it. Um, one quick thing um, before we get into our top stories of the week. Uh, the FTC claims that Sony misrepresented the PlayStation Vita features, and anybody who bought a system before June 1st, 2012, is eligible for an award. Basically, they said like all the stuff. Did you stuff say for they, an award? Uh, for an award, you're awarded. It's yeah. a class action lawsuit, so you're awarded like I don't know, Dollar. reparations. I guess a statue. Um, it's like here's your award. Yeah, they they said that it um um it says for example uh this is from TechSpot. Uh, most PlayStation Three games are not remote play uh, playable on the Vita, primarily because the PS3 wasn't designed with that feature in mind. 3G feature, meanwhile, doesn't allow users to engage in live multiplayer gaming over a cell network. Um, you know, and there was just a lot of stuff that they said was going to be available day one, and it didn't. So the FTC, the Federal Trading Trade Communications or is that Commission, Commission. Okay. Um, uh, you know, so yeah, you're 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 eligible. So if you can provide proof of purchase, um, you can get um a twenty five dollar check, twenty five dollar PlayStation Store credit, or you can pick one of three game bundles for the PS3 and Vita. And honestly, like, I would just go with the, the, the bundles. They have, like, an action-adventure bundle, that the God of War collection, Beyond Two Souls, Twisted Metal, Unity 13, the family-friendly edition, uh, Little Big Planet 2, Puppeteer, uh, Abyss. Oh, Beyond Two Souls. That yeah. was a that was an experience. <laughs> I, like, I like Mega64's video for Beyond Two Souls, where it's just them slamming the camera into... <laughs> into like tables and stuff at the swap meet <laughs> Ow. Well, you see it. the thing about the lawsuit though is I don't think anyone bought the Vita before June 2012 so it's not like they're really going to give out yeah, <laughs> yeah. Did, uh, when did you pick up your Vita? September <clears throat> I actually had two before like two by launch day really? yeah but, but I don't, I don't but own them anymore a, so. you're not an American so oh was it US only? Uh, yeah it's an uh, I don't think there's an FTC in Canada. There probably is, but it's not like yeah. cross territory. So, anyway, um, uh, Josh, uh, news of the week. Uh, I know you're probably dying to talk about Leighton and fantasy life. <laughs> that was a great segue. Um, yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah, Leighton and fantasy life. Um, both are getting sequels, so to speak. Um, both are going to be mobile exclusive. Um, now, correct me if I'm wrong, because I haven't followed the Layton side of it too much, but is this the same Layton mobile game that came out in Japan a while ago where it's supposed to star his his son or something? Or is this uh, different? I think this is different. This is this was, this was a full-on, like... This is a new experience. A new game. And it seems like it's like a cart. It's not like in, in, in the vein of the traditional Layton titles. Like, it's like a uh, card, some sort of card-based game. Right, right. Yeah, because I know how, and I I know developers say this all the time and don't stick with it. But 
the last Leighton game was supposed to be the last Leighton game. So. Oh, I thought they said that like years ago. Like it was like Professor Leighton's no more, and then like there's been like 18 games since then. I think that was just because they had an original trilogy, and that kind of ended the story. And then they brought out three more games that were prequels to them that kind of set up how uh, the Professor met Luke and how their relationship developed. But yeah, outside of that, they had said after the prequels were done that they weren't making any more. So I wasn't sure what direction they're going with it. But yeah, if they were going to come out with a new one, I would have expected it to be a spinoff, which it sounds like this one's going to be. But the one that really surprised me and was really disappointing more so was the fantasy life side of it because it was a popular series, or not a series, but it was a popular game in Japan and then it got a release here. It did better than expected from what I read. And, you know, everyone is excited about news that Level 5 was going to announce a sequel, and they do, but it's a mobile game. And not only is it a mobile game, but... It doesn't look like it's going to play or really have anything to do with the first one. This one's going to be more of a village building game as opposed to the kind of action RPG. Uh, yeah, I'm looking at the, the the screenshot right now, and it's just it looks like like any of those like freemium mobile games where you just build a city and then like wait for stuff to happen, which seems like a huge disappointment for fans of the game. Right, and to label it as a sequel and call it Fantasy Life 2 and then have it have nothing oh, to do... Oh, they're calling it Fantasy Life 2? Like, straight yeah, but up? I, th- I thought that Kotaku, whoever the original uh, poster was, I thought that they said that it looked really similar to the first game and that they just... They did add a bunch of, like, farmy stuff. No, but um, then... Yeah, well, perhaps they do have more of an expanded um, playset. I know from what I read... From what I read, it was supposed to be uh, primarily the farming aspect and the village building aspect, with um, elements of the um, with elements of the fighting. But I don't know how in depth it is. I mean, of course, if it's going to keep everything that was in the original and then expand on the village building aspect, that can only be better because it's adding to the previous mm. game. But okay. I think most people. Either way, if you're expecting a sequel to a game, you would expect it to build off of the core of the game instead of make it focus on a brand new mechanic and kind of add the old stuff in as a side note. Mm-hmm. Well, they do want to like Nintendo said that they want to like have new experiences. But this uh, isn't this... Nintendo, though. Yeah, like level five is a. Uh, it's weird. It's like level five is. But this is. Uh, but this is this is partnering with Dana, isn't it? That that was. I mean, that's what I read. Okay, hold on, hold on. All right, keep talking. We're, we're all completely confused over this story. <laughs> your uh, your fashion blogs are are wrong, Shane. <laughs> yeah, I think because yeah, uh, fantasy life fashion blogs. Because I know in Japan, Level Five is like an independent third party developer, but Nintendo publishes their games um, in the West themselves. Oh, you're right. You're right. Fuck me. Whoops. Yeah, take over the f bombs from Juan. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> but yeah, I mean. It's kind of it reminds me of the announcement of Breath of Fire Five last or was it a year or two now, where after all these years people have been wanting a new Breath of Fire. Capcom announces a new Breath of Fire, and then it's a free to play mobile game that has nothing to do with Breath of Fire. Mm. But I mean, hopefully, mm. hopefully it turns out good. But it's definitely not what I was expecting. Yeah, I I liked the game, but I I, I put I don't know a fuck ton of hours into it. Um, but. I never, I never felt like I, w- I was getting the game. Like I always felt like I wasn't 
grasping something. I always felt lost or like I didn't know what to do. Um, and like, so uh, this might be a better experience for someone like me, but I just, I don't know. I haven't picked it up in months. That was so. another game we were supposed to play together. It never did. Yeah. What the f- yeah. And I was, uh, you were on Skype the other night. And I was hitting you up and like you were ignoring me. Yeah. Cause I was texting you cause I was using the device that's meant to communicate with people. Like it's, it's <laughs> homegrown function of texting. I was using that. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, um, uh, Derek, anything else from this week that you super cut your eye or that you want to talk about? Um, I was kind of disappointed that the, uh, the wow token launched and I thought I was going to have, a, I was like, I got, I probably got like 200 gold in my account. Like that's probably enough. It's not. <laughs> uh, it's not <laughs> they uh the, the the wow token launched uh and it's like like we talked about kind of a bunch of episodes ago it's kind of the pricing of the tokens are controlled by the market so of course if there's tons of tons of tokens on the auction house and it's absolutely flooded with tokens the price will go down and if there's very few but people are demanding them the price will go up uh i believe it oh yeah it launched at 30 it started at thirty thousand gold wow so uh you know, I was like, maybe I can play WoW for a month with my, like, 180 gold. You know, it'll probably cost, like, 100 or something. Apparently not. Apparently gold. I could make that in, a, as an, in an hour as Chesty Melons. <laughs> well, then maybe you should, and you should send me my character some, uh, and then I can try the game again. It'll cost uh, so you. that was that was disappointing. The big, big thing for me is, like, I'm really scared about uh, my Amiibo Wave 4 pre-orders. Okay. Um, <laughs> You're scared, like scared. I'm terrified. So what? What <laughs> happened in uh, this is the scariest. It's it's some. I've never been more scared in my whole life. Um, so you know the the U.S. had GameStop had their pre-orders last Thursday and very quickly crashed the. Yeah, yeah. Very quickly, very quickly crashed the site, which led to hundreds and hundreds of people lining up at stores, um, which led to a couple of hours later, GameStop announced that pre-orders were sold out across the entire brand. So up in Canada, none of that happened on Thursday. Um, store Basically, they announced that pre-orders would be starting on Saturday morning because Friday was a holiday and most stores would be closed. Um, they later confirmed that stores that would be open would start accepting pre-orders on Friday. The stores near me were pre-ordered, so I was in there, you know, with, like I, I opened up my store, put put a back in 15 minute sign up and went and pre-ordered them. And there was probably about 10 people in front of me. Um, what about so, all those people who needed sunglasses, though? Uh, yeah, it was raining and it was 10 a.m., so it was probably not a big deal. Um, but in any case, so they chose a really poor time to launch these pre-orders because it was a holiday which meant corporate was closed, which meant that they continued to take pre-orders until Monday morning. Oh, um, fuck. <laughs> and then basically right away, they're like, everyone stopped taking pre-orders. And then on their website and on Twitter and on Facebook, they were like, we will have an announcement about in-store pre-orders coming shortly. They finally sent out that announcement today. Um, basically, they said... Uh, you know, online, uh, they they went up online very, very briefly and then came down. They said, probably if you ordered it online and you were at, managed to get through, you'll be fine. But they also said, unfortunately, unfortunately, we will be unable to honor 100% of the pre-sales on some of the Wave 4 Amiibos. We will keep a list of the customers that have pre-ordered these Wave 4 Amiibos that, we'll, that we are currently in unable to fulfill if we are okay. able to get more product we will order heart palpitations <laughs> there uh yeah yeah i'm tearing up a little bit too 
uh, if we are able to get more product, we will contact these customers first. So obviously they won't get more product. Move the product. Obviously man. they won't get more product because they never get more product. I thought it, I, I was actually thinking about saying it's super interesting. Like aside from the super common amiibo, uh, I've never seen any of the other ones like in stores. Aside from when I was picking out my pre-orders, like it's crazy. <laughs> but now, um, which which ones went up for pre-order? Like all of them at once? This was or just this was uh, they had six of them at EB. So they had Ness, which was the GameStop exclusive, uh, Robin, Lucina, Charizard, Wario, and Pac-Man. Mm-hmm. Is that seven? That's all of them. Yeah. Okay. Uh, anyways, yeah. So all of them, uh, the Amiibo Canada subreddit, which is uh, one that I follow. Apparently, no nobody that ordered on Friday has gotten a cancellation call yet, which is is nice to hear. Um, but that play, people that even the first people that were in line at some stores on Saturday got calls that their orders were being canceled, and it seems to mostly be affecting Robin and Lucina. Some people are getting their nest canceled as well. Um, I haven't heard anything yet, and I even went into EB after work, and I was like, "Hey, I just." Uh, you know, want to know if my Amiibo pre-orders are safe. And they seem to have no idea what I was talking about in terms of cancellation. They're like, no, if you pre-ordered it, you'll get it. And I was like, they're getting canceled everywhere. And then and they were like, no, that was in the States. And I was like, it's happening in Canada too. And then they didn't know what I was talking about. So either they have not received any communication yet um, or, or it's not affecting the, at least the Friday orders from that store. But um, I don't know. I have a feeling I'm going to be getting a phone call in the next couple of days and that something's no. going to happen. The Robin one, is that only in the, the one gender, or are they going to have both genders? Hmm. Uh, yeah, yeah. And, I mean, these are, you know, I don't even, these are characters I don't even really have any attachment to, but I feel like I either need to have all of the Amiibo, or I need to have none of them. Like, if yeah. like if they're like, we're, we're can you know, sorry, but we have to cancel these two Amiibos, I'm going to be like, well, eBay, here's my whole collection. Like, <laughs> I'm done. This is it. This is it. No, I no, first, you know, last no, week, I, last week I retired from video games. This week I retire from Amiibos. What's next week? <laughs> you <laughs> retired from Geekscape. Yeah, pretty soon you're just not even going to be a part of this. <laughs> like, I'm done. I'm done. No, but yeah, I mean, and the Amiibo. Next time, like next time, no. Shane's late. I'll be like, I'm done. That's it for <laughs> that's it for this too. But yeah, like the whole Amiibos. It's insane to think that we're on wave four and they just seem to be getting worse. Yeah, you'd think that they would learn something from each subsequent wave when they get more and more popular and when they're like oh the day after these came out there's literally zero in stores and and try to do something about it but it seems like it's yeah yeah like you said it's just really it's getting worse yeah and like the whole GameStop thing I felt really bad because from what I heard uh GameStop on their Twitter here in the states said they're gonna go on pre-order at noon uh Pacific and then it went up early or something didn't it yeah like no well not like from what I understand it was that it, they implied that it was going to go on pre-order online, but um, it, but they were also taking them in-store. Um, so my wife, just to be safe, she got to GameStop, like, right when they opened at 10, she was the first one in line. Oh, nice. Um, to pre-order them in-store. But most people were just trying to get them online because, um, like I had mentioned, the tweet implied that it was mostly an online pre-order. Yeah. So when the website crashed right at noon the website crashed before they were able to actually even list them. Oh, wow. So everyone who was trying to refresh it um, from home online never even had the opportunity to get mm-hmm. it because the website never worked and they didn't so even then have a they went, to list them. So then they ran to stores and lined up at stores? Because I saw some insane lineups. Right, because basically what ended up happening was a lot of people tried to rush to the store, but so many people, like in my wife's case, 
She was first in line. As soon as noon hit, they tried to take her order, but there were so many people trying to place their orders that the in-store servers started to crash. So oh, Jesus! So I, I like, heard about that too. Yeah. So basically, it took an what? It took like an hour, like a, a little over an hour for yeah. my wife. Um, was she saying a half hour? I could swear it was longer, but either way, it was between a half hour and an hour to place one order, and she got lucky because she was able to pre-order the bundle that they had posted, which was basically all the amiibo in one as one order instead of individual pre-orders. Yeah. So she was able but to you, grab wait, all they're, of them. They're, they're doing it now where you can like pre-order packs? Well, not officially. It was just like a GameStop bundle where you... Oh. Where they sold you all of them for, for like a dollar less or something. But I was reading horror stories all over the place where even the people who were first in line were, weren't able to get their orders because the servers were going so slow that by the time their order was complete that half the half the list was already sold out. Jesus. So it's, just, it's just a mess and it's getting... I, I already have quite a few friends who have every amiibo up to this point who are just like, to hell with it, it's not worth the trouble. If they're not going to bother... Um, if they're not going to bother keeping up with demand and we have to go through all this crap and we have to, we could be the first in line at GameStop before pre-orders go up and yeah. still not get them because because the servers from these stores can't take the demand and Nintendo can't keep up with demand and they're not going to even appear to give the appearance that they're going to try to address the issue and it's just we're on like I said we're on wave four and it's just getting worse it's like it gets know. better yeah, I mean, yeah, it gets be- it gets better eventually. According to my cat, it it, it doesn't because she's locked out of my bedroom, so I can yeah, record. But, but <laughs> it's uh, it's pretty crazy because I remember like, you know, wave one and even wave two. Like it was it was really fun. Like it was like I'm gonna go to the store. You know, I work in a mall, so I'm gonna go to the store every day. And like, oh, you're really you're literally just putting these out right now. Awesome, let me grab some. Um, but now it's just stressful. Like it's still it's not really enjoyable anymore like and you have and, to be there right at the moment that pre-orders start or you'll never literally never see this figure in person like like it's crazy these are toys and which it which is you know it, it's funny that i just say we're these are toys because i'm talking about how fucking sorry john uh how stressed out <laughs> i am no no, no. He did, he, john said that we can swear but the high school teacher should, should ah, okay drop f yeah, the, right, the high school teacher is the only one that needs to show any kind of tact <laughs> But uh, but yeah, you know they're they're toys and they shouldn't be stressing out uh, adult males or females like like they are. But uh, and think about the kids; these things are supposed to be for kids. And oh, I don't know that at, they're not going to the be kids, up at twelve thirty like, at night. The kids got they they have like ten Mario's and that's it. Like like that's yeah. all the kids have. They're crying because they really want Little Mac and 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 they're like you know they think maybe maybe they just haven't made Little Mac yet because I've never seen one. But no, the all the adults took them. Yeah, and here's I, and <laughs> there, I'm so there was con- a. Oh, go ahead. Sorry. Oh, I was just gonna say I saw a funny comic of like, uh, of like Pedo Bear like, setting up a van that says like Amiibos uh, <laughs> you know, in here, and he's in the van and he hears the knock. He's like, "All right, here we go!" And he opens the door and it's a bunch of like middle-aged guys. Like, you got Marth? You got Marth? You got Marth? Oh no like, way! That's so funny. Yeah, no. <laughs> I'll see if I can find it, but it's really it's gross. horrible. And I mean, to make matters worse, like the and I know they handle it different up there, Derek, but but here. Like with um, Jigglypuff, they just randomly put it up for pre-order twice with no warning and sold out within like seven and ten minutes each time. Um, with Greninja... They, oh, go ahead. 
they uh literally no retailer has even talked about jigglypuff here yeah and then with greninja which is a toys r us exclusive they announced ahead of time that it was going to go on sale on this particular date but no with no time listed and here's my story so i stayed up till midnight thinking it was going to come up well first i tried nine pacific because of eastern time nothing then i stayed up till midnight nothing and i refreshed it until twelve thirty. And there was a rumor that it was going to go up at 7 p.m. or 7 a.m. Eastern, which is 4 a.m. here. So I was like, when 12.30 rolled around, I was like, all right, the 4 o'clock rumor is probably true. So I'm just going to set an alarm for 3.50 and go to sleep. And then so I wake up randomly like an hour later, look at my phone, and my friends blew up my phone. Like literally at, I went to sleep at 12.30. At 12.35, they blew up my phone (laughs) saying, Greninja's up, Greninja's up, Greninja's up. And then, <laughs> and then I rushed to my com- I sorry, rushed to my I phone laughed, and of course it's gone by then. Yeah. And then we were talking about this in the pre-show, but as of now, the only way to get it is to either pre-order it in store on the last Monday of April, or line up on May 29th, which is also a Monday, and try your luck at getting whatever extra stock they have outside of pre-orders. Yeah, totally. And like we were saying before the show, it's just creating an environment that's meant for scalpers because. like actual like most adults have to work on a monday morning so who the hell is going to have time to be able to line up for this thing do you know who will have time to line up an adult that works at sunglass hut oh there you go (laughs) well at least one of us is set yeah but well and i I have to line up because toys r us canada does they don't pre-order anything so literally only not they don't they don't sell amiibo online until like they have a few common ones but that's it and then they don't usually pop up until well after the wave has launched they don't do pre-orders whatsoever so the only option will be to line up which is what i had to do for um i had to do that for shulk as well actually because pre-orders with for shulk went out right away yeah and i'm still and and you're gonna you're oh sorry you work at a store that sells shades so you are the new shade i know right it's perfect <laughs> you have the perfect opportunity um, to be shades in multiple ways <laughs> <laughs> um and and like this is like i think nintendo is just hitting out of the park letting the games have all this cross um compatibility like it's not just smash bros it's all these other games whereas like disney infinity and skylanders are locked into this one ecosystem and like today like lego dimensions got announced where they're 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 taking all of all of the like Lego properties and making their own like amiibos, but it's only going to be in this one sandbox game. Um, but Nintendo just knows how to print money, like incredibly. Um, I think it's. I think the main thing for a lot of people with the amiibo is not the functionality. Like I mean, the functionality that's there, yeah, it's cool. But I I think I've only actually used my amiibos once. Um, it's literally just the nostalgia factor and the characters and the collection aspect. Like I'm, I'm now, you know, half the figure, not half, but many of the figures that are up on my wall right now are from games that I've never played. I don't use the Amiibo in Smash Brother, Smash Brothers. I've used them in Mario Party 10 like once, uh, but for some reason, like I'm spending hundreds of dollars on these things, so they're definitely doing something right. Yeah. So well, it's a uh, time will tell. Uh, hopefully things get better. Your cat. Uh, might be right but uh, again in the essence of time i'm sorry boys uh juan what is your news of the week that you're most excited for and i want you to go straight into the games you played because you were at wondercon and played some fucking awesome sounding stuff so take it away i played uh, puzzles and dragons super mario brothers edition which is um 
a lot more fun than I expected it to be, not just simply because of the Mario aesthetic, but the combos are very satisfying when you are able to string them together. And when you play through the level, so you have the puzzle at the bottom screen at the top, you have like a Mario first-person perspective of what stage one would look like from the original Mario Brothers, but from oh, Mario's cool. perspective. So as you progress through the stages, so you advance further. So you see the top screen advance, and you jump, and you do all these cool things, and the enemies come up. Uh, that's why you have to defeat the enemies in the puzzle, because they're coming in and trying to obstruct you from getting to the end. So it, it's it's a really cool little uh, addition. I didn't get to play the Z, the the um, the actual Puzzles and Dragons game that they added, which is part of the bundle pack. But um, no, the Super Mario Brothers edition of Puzzles and Dragons is no joke. It's it's uh, a lot more satisfying when you string those combos together. There's is some strategy involved because you have to put together a team that's going to be effective against the bosses in that stage. So, yeah, I wasn't all that interested in it beforehand, but I think I'm going to end up picking it up. I did play uh, Splatoon. How is I'm dying to know how it is. Uh, it's going to be Split. Uh, and, Josh, you played it, right? Yeah, and if you really want to know about it, Shane, you could read my E3 article from last year. <laughs> oh, you yeah. got to play it last year? Yeah, I even wrote a preview oh. piece. You don't yeah, go to our did. own site, bro. Uh, I, I, I go to Nerdist, and that's it. <laughs> I actually uh, saw someone it, on Instagram post. Oh, I found I found a uh, Nerdist editor in chief. I really needed to take a picture with it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, the aiming is done by tilting. The way they had us play, they had us all use game pads, and you had to tilt the game pad in the direction that you wanted to shoot. Um, it, but and it wasn't something drastic. It was just very subtle movement. Like yeah, um, also like tilt it up to get like a lob shot t- thing going on, or keep it steady to um, to get a straight shot. I wasn't a fan of it at first, but I played like three or four different demos. They let you play one practice round for three minutes, and then they let you do a, a real round for three minutes. And if you won with your team, you got like a splatoon pin. So after playing, did you it get a, a pin? Couple, did you get a pin? I did. I did. Yes, I did. Um, it's already up on eBay. <laughs> oh, uh, and a, a surprise! I haven't mentioned to anybody, but I'll, I'll mention it here on the show. Um, but yeah, I, I liked it. It's very pretty. Jonathan, our glorious leader, was not a fan of it. He told me that himself when we were chatting there at WinterCon. Um, he told me himself he didn't think this would be a franchise Nintendo could bank on. He was really, he, yeah. He said, "I don't think this could, I don't think this could be a franchise." I disagree. Uh, I think everybody there. It was by far one of the busiest booths at the con, and the Splatoon line was never empty. It was consist. They always had a waiting, uh, a, 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 a line of people just waiting to play it, and uh, people were thoroughly enjoying it. And you would hear from the crowd the the way they present at the end, like the good guys or bad guys who won. The the way the the cat delays a little bit to show you the percentages, people were really into it. Oh, really? Already, oh yeah, they were really into it, and it and it is cool because uh, you only get points for painting the ground, not the walls. So so they made that very clear. So at the very onset, people just bomb your own home area, like are just spread. Right, you you like they're already saying, are right, you stay behind? You take care of that centerpiece. Uh, me and this other guy, we're gonna go ahead and, and try to invade their base. 
Uh, so people already had a, a real legit strategy of how to cover their area, but this was only for this particular stage. And it was the stage that you saw in the trailer. That's the one we played. Uh, mm. But I would, I'm would. i curious to see the other stages and see what kind of strategies we can uh, develop for that. I am now, gonna, uh, d- Oh, go ahead. Oh, um, uh, finish your thought, and then I got a question for you. Uh, I'm just. Uh, I was just going to add that I was upset to learn that they are not going to involve voice chat into the multiplayer. I saw that, and I totally agree. It, it's because, just seems, yeah. Go ahead, because you're going like, to say the same thing. It's it's just uh, you know it, it is like it's it's a shooter, but it's very clearly marketed and very clearly styled as a family friendly game. And in fact, because like you said, you're not even really shooting each other. Like the point is to paint the map, right? Right. So so. And, and shooters like i've never played a shooter where i haven't just constantly been sweared sworn at and it's the same reason why it's the same reason why mario kart doesn't doesn't have voice chat because you know literally like i i don't really play mario kart online that much but when i play i'm playing with friends on a couch i've never heard more swearing not even from Juan on this podcast as <laughs> as i do when i'm playing mario kart with, with people and so as soon as you put that chat into a game you're alienating some of these kids whose parents are going to freak out because, you know, it's, a, it's supposed to be a family-friendly Nintendo console, but now they're hearing F-bombs every five seconds. Like, like it's yeah. just... They just it, they just can't do it. And it can't, it can't be, like, a pick-and-choose thing because people will choose the wrong option. You know, parents yep. will choose the wrong option or whatever. Um, it's just got to... No, 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 you say choose the ro- wrong option, but there's parental controls built into the system that... True. Yeah, that but there, easily... it can also be, like like you if you think about it in a in a strategic from a strategic point if they have it where oh they can turn off voice chat for these certain for certain people then it's like you know some people do strategize over voice chat so then you're giving an unfair advantage to teams that may utilize voice chat over teams that can't because you know there might be younger people playing on it that don't have voice chat on Right, That's but that true. could still and be I, the I, case because everyone can just get together on Skype if they really wanted to, and then the kids will still be left out of that because they're not going to get to. They're not going to put a little Skype clan together. That's how. I, that's how I play Monster Hunter online. Me and my friends just get on Skype and just. I, I'm sure that's the way around. people are going to do it for Splatoon. They'll they'll form Skype communities and say, "All right, let's just play online." And this, they'll do it that way. And, and besides, if you're I, playing I, it. I'll just oh. add this: as you're playing Splatoon, sorry. you want to so get with three other people who know what they're doing and that you can count on because. Though this game demands teamwork, it, like you have to have clear communication. You just—I can't imagine playing online with random people and just say, "All right, I'm just going to assume that they're going to stay here, do their the, job." Yeah, that you can't. So, I, I guess I'm that kind of—I'm uh, uh, sorry, I'm stepping on you guys. Right. Um, <laughs> that just kind of answers my question. It was like, do you think this could be a competitive game? Um, because. Um, this last week I've been playing a shit ton of Counter-Strike matchmaking and really like understanding like uh, different roles, you know, the, you know, the entry, the lurker, the support, like all the different um, uh, roles that uh, the five people get in. And when you, when you talked about it, I instantly thought this could be an amazing, you know, not necessarily like a hardcore competitive game that you're going to see headlining, you know, ESL or whatever, but um, is that even around? Uh, but it, it could it could it could be like a you know a, a a competitive game, but if they're not gonna allow voice chat, it's gonna. I, I don't think that they have that in mind. Um, I, I so don't think it's gonna. My question. I don't think it's gonna be a, a thing where it's gonna hinder sales. I think it's gonna do very well. Um, I, from a business standpoint, I understand why it's not there. 
I think even the producer said, when I play online games, all I hear is cursing. Um, so, um, but I, as a as a gamer, I'm upset because I want that option to talk to you guys when we're playing. But yeah, we're going to be cursing. And I, but I understand if they want to market this and it's a shooter, and I already know the stigma that goes in with shooters, and you can already tell like the FCC is already going to be looking at this game and looking for things to 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 point at and go, look, look, this is bad for your kids, bad for our families. Nintendo's lying. This is not a family friendly shooter because look what people do online. They could just. Uh, Bypass all that, take out online chat, and just have the the happy-go-lucky splatter paint thing going on. Um, but but to, to to be honest with you, um, everybody had a really good time with the game. But of course, that's all a player land party. Uh, to we're gonna have to wait and see how people uh, how the experience is online when people get it next month. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, do you play anything else this week? Uh, I played Mario Party Ten and Mario Party Two. <laughs> because um, my my wife is very much into Mario Party Ten. We've been playing it a lot this week, and I was online and I was and she was asking like she says I've never played a Mario Party game. And I'm like, well, if you're never played a Mario Party game, you have to play the best Mario Party game that's ever been out, and that's Mario Party Two. And uh, I, if you think I curse, holy crap! <laughs> you haven't. I, I I it made me blush, man, because there were I was we were just playing before the show a quick twenty turn game in a quick uh, a, a quick twenty turn game, and I land in Mario Party Two has those things where you can land on a spot and you'll have a bonus block, and it could be either an item or a, just get a star. And on two consecutive turns, I got. The both bonus blocks and they were both stars, and she was super upset. <laughs> she cursed up a storm, so I ended up getting ending. Uh, I she ended up winning the game, which is funny, but th- that those first five turns were brutal for her. <laughs> and I and I went online and I sh- showed her videos of people playing Mario Party Two for rent money. Oh, I, really? No, no, this is not a joke. There was like two guys. He said the loser. Had to pay the other ha- other roommates' rent for the next month. Jeez, and it was that's, that's some serious shit. Don't, no, I'm not like see. We play Mario Party just for the fun of it, and there's cursing and swearing already there. I can't imagine adding on stipulations on top of that. It's it's, but we had a lot of fun, and she and she's instigating playing Mario Party too. So no, but it, it was a lot of fun. So it was just pretty much those game, those uh, those couple games, and Destiny. Oh, and the last thing, because I know uh, I want to make this quick. You mentioned you played Monster Hunter on Skype, right? Yeah, I I didn't know this when I was there at WonderCon, but they had the producers of Monster Hunter Four there, and I got my copy of Monster Hunter Four signed. Whoa. Yeah, and they even drew a picture. I bought this beautiful uh, poster that had every single uh, monster for Monster Hunter 4 on it, like a size comparison chart, and I got it signed. But because I know you're a fan, I was able to get you a uh, small Monster Hunter 4 poster, but both producers signed it. Whoa, dude, that's fucking badass. So I'll give that to you when I see you at um, Comic-Con. Oh my God! You are the nicest person on the planet. I thank you. I really appreciate that. You're, you're more I than really welcome. Really appreciate that. Yeah, uh, my one and only. Um, <laughs> so, um, 
anyway, I'm all flummoxed now. Uh, Josh, what have you played this last week? Um, pretty much the same things, so I'm just going to add a couple extra thoughts. Um, but as far as Puzzles and Dragons, I actually almost felt the exact opposite as Juan. Um, it's too bad that you didn't play Z because I w- would be interested in hearing your opinions on that. But uh, the Mario one, I don't know. I just found it really tacked on, I guess, because it was just it just literally felt like a Mario skin for a different game. So once you build up your once you build your party, and each party member has a different element, so it's supposed to be like an RPG party, and you move your pieces around. Each piece, depending on the color, is a different elemental attack, which leads each member uh, or each party member of that element to attack so it just felt like you were just going through levels and it was just mario for the sake of being mario and more often than not i would try to set up those combos that you mentioned and when i did it is really rewarding but the majority of combos that i got were from destroying pieces and then random pieces would fall from the from the ceiling but the only thing about that is unlike a lot of puzzle games you can't see what's gonna fall so a lot of times the biggest combos i got just felt like they were just happening by luck and that i had no way of controlling it but um so it wasn't rewarding to get those combos it's more like oh wow i was surprised like right because i would set up a combo and like juan said that part of it's rewarding but those combos would maybe be three or four chains and then all of a sudden it would start raining pieces that added like six more combos to that one and it felt like I was just doing all this amazing stuff with no effort. But uh, when I switched over to Z, I mean, the gameplay was relatively the same, but I found it a lot more enjoyable because the monsters were unique monsters and it had a little hub world where you could explore and talk to NPCs and all that kind of stuff. So it felt like a more fleshed out, fully realized RPG versus just being able to play random stages where you just beat monsters and move on to the next uh next stage but overall i echo your sentiment about how i had no interest in it now that i've played the demo especially for the z portion of it i'm very interested in how the full game's going to be and i'm probably going to end up picking it up um in terms of splatoon just to be the antithesis to our glorious leader I feel like it will be a big franchise, but it depends on how strong its single player is since Nintendo kind of lives and dies by their single player. Um, their multiplayer, with, aside from Smash Brothers and Mario Kart, is usually just kind of a side thing. That's so true. whether or not... Um, I mean, this game's obviously multiplayer-focused. Is, is there online play for Mario Party 10? No. no. Okay. But... Um, in terms of split and one thing i found really interesting about splatoon is that the game really seems to like your ability to do well in it really seems to rely on your ability to just kind of know the environment and know what's going on around you at all times because mm. the best teams that i played against usually had one person covering the middle area and trying to protect that while everyone else was trying to raid the opponent's side but the people who were doing the worst it seemed were the ones who were focusing too much at shooting the ground because one thing that I realized in this one match that we played is our team actually had more paint on the map but we ended up lo- ended up losing by a small amount anyway because you do get a certain amount of points for uh, killing the opponents as well you do so yeah so focusing well it works two ways you get points for actually killing the opponent and then when you kill the opponent they explode in your color of ink also so it kind of creates a blast radius that gives you more area 
paint-wise on top of the extra points you get for the for the kill. So it has a lot of different um, facets that make it really um, really interesting. And then lastly, at WonderCon also, I played uh, a, the demo for Xenoblade Chronicles on the 3DS, and I talked about that a few weeks ago. It's pretty it's the same game, so I won't go too much into it. But I just have to say that it's really impressive that the game, like I had said before, is just so massive. But this 3DS version keeps that going without missing a beat at all. Like there's no extra slowdown. There's no pop-in, there's no concessions as far as the scope of the game. And the fact that they were able to so accurately recreate such a huge game on a handheld is just really commendable. Like the only real concession that it took was that the textures and the um, character models are, are way less detailed and it looks a little fuzzy. But overall, to be able to maintain that scope is really impressive, I think. And I'm looking forward to picking it up tomorrow when it comes out as of this recording by the time it gets posted Uh huh it comes out I thought it was like months away no it comes out tomorrow yeah I mean it'll already be out by the time this is posted and everyone's listening to it but yeah so it's right around the corner so I'm looking forward to being able to try the full version good thing I wasn't able to buy your extra new 3DS Josh yeah good thing right now you have more time for Monster Hunter Um, Derek, what have you been playing this last week? Uh, pretty much just some Mario Party 10, actually. I uh, finally got an opportunity to kind of jump into it. I've been playing a bunch of... I've actually been playing mostly uh, with Michaela. I've been playing the Amiibo Party mode, um, which I, I is fun. And <laughs> you don't I, sound uh, too sure of yourself. It, well, it was just it was interesting because jumping into it for the first time, I'm just like... I'm like this is the smallest map I've ever seen like it's like 10 squares yeah. like um and so so I kind of right away I was like well this is this isn't going to be fun and it, and it but I I do enjoy it I enjoy the amiibo interaction and how you can save like tokens and little power-ups and stuff on to the amiibo I like that the there's lots of cool unlockables like you can unlock different bases bases and stuff for the amiibos to stand on in this mode and I thought it was kind of it was it's like super board game like like it's really funny like you can roll the dice and the dice will like hit the amiibos and knock them over and stuff like that which is oh uh, that's cool yeah it looks it's really really kind of cute um and it's a really nice like quick game mode like it's 10 turns basically um basically the map is in like four quadrants and you can use tokens or your character to basically switch a quadrant to be more focused on them which kind of changes up you know some of the special events on each board um and then so yeah so 10 rounds and then you get to play a mini game uh after each round and the mini games are really really fun so i i've been different than the than the main game uh the only i actually have only played amiibo party and bowser party and the bowser party games are different as well because of of one versus four of course um but i've had I, i all the pretty much all of the mini games so far have been really really fun i'm uh um, I kind of wish, as most do, I really wish that they had kind of the classic Mario Party mode where you are all wandering around in different directions on your own trying to collect stars. And then at the end, it's like, oh, well, now I'm going to take your stars away and I'm going to give you some and all that sort of stuff. Like, I really do miss that mode, but I'm still really having a blast with it. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm, I hope it's something they add in the future uh, Mario Party game because if they take the the mechanics of Amiibo Party but give us the size of the board that oh you totally see, that would be amazing. 
But uh, to add on to what Derek talks about, the customized uh, bases for the Amiibo, one of the cool things that they did add is add bronze, silver, and gold bases. So you could even do your own little thing where if your Amiibo wins, let's say, today's game of Mario Party, your Amiibo you gets the gold base and everybody else has to settle with silver or bronze or gets like a kiwi base or watermelon or baseball, whatever they want. Or you can even have the winner give them like a horrible nickname for their Amiibo. Like, uh, but yeah, it's it's a nice touch. So my students what, played what hor- it. What kind of horrible nickname well, would you if, give? I I don't think I could. Uh, well, <laughs> I, I I can't say that. Juan would probably name it Fuckface. <laughs> <laughs> but because like, when you play the game, it asks you to give a nickname to your amiibo. So uh, you could just put your name, so we know who who is it that's on the board. But at the end. When you play a new game, you could say, "All right, for your amiibo, you're naming it this because you lost." So, and then you could change your base, and they even have like a star one. So, like if you won the, you could make your base whatever you want. But for us, we decided the winner is going to always have the gold base, and nobody else can have a gold base, only the champion. And if you lose, then you have to give up the gold base, and somebody else takes it. So it's a nice little touch that I like. It's because it allows for, you know, for what everybody does mostly with with Mario Party, you make side rules. And uh, you know, the little championship, so yeah, yeah, hmm. sounds pretty fucking awesome. We'll play um, it when we Comic Con, we'll play it, yeah, yeah. Oh, there's gonna be, st- well, I don't know. Uh, do you guys know that there's also uh, Comic Con happening, right? <laughs> yeah, there's yeah, also Comic Con at Comic Con. We, I mean, this Comic Con is gonna Comic-Con be insane. Oh, uh, this year is gonna be different. I mean, we're, I mean, we're gonna be doing stuff for the main site, we're gonna be doing stuff for our show. Uh, it's gonna be busy as fuck, and then we're gonna try to play games in the hotel room. This is this is gonna be rough. It's gonna be rough. I <laughs> I might not be able to get anybody drunk this year. Yeah, Good. We're still not gonna play. You know that, right? <laughs> Have faith. Have faith. We will. Um, um. So yeah, this last week, uh, besi- I've been playing Counter Strike Go matchmaking again. Um, they've buffed and nerfed a bunch of guns um you know there's been this big controversy uh, uh that when they nerfed the ops scoped walking speed um uh, it just ruined like 1v1 opping and if anybody knows what the op is it's like the most powerful like one shot sniper rifle it's most it's super expensive and you even get like a money um deficit for kills so that was the big controversy. I don't opt, so I don't care. But I've been really uh, getting into like roles and um, like good map strats, and that um, uh, you know I've never like in Counter Strike. I've never experienced like the abuse that everyone's worried about. Like in games of Splatoon, you get into you get into the match, you just take the initiative and be really friendly and be like, "All right, good, good job, guys. You know, let's you know that was a good try." And people are usually pretty pretty okay, but you know, there's some salty. Salty motherfuckers on there that just start just start getting real rough with you. Um, but besides that, uh, my buddy Josh um, gifted me a copy of Homeworld Remastered Collection on Steam, and that was one of my like favorite games like uh, ten years ago. Uh, it's a it's a space RTS where you're in like a instead of just like a flat plane, you can like go up or down um, in in the 3D space, so you can like attack people from above and below. Um, I don't remember it being this hard. It is uh it is so fucking hard. You have to be super careful uh, about what you're doing. You have to make really like deliberate actions about what you uh build and your mo- maneuvers. It's it's really tough. It's really tough. But um it's 
gorgeous, absolutely gorgeous. Um, the I'm finally hitting a bottleneck with my monitor, not being able to uh, keep up with technology. So it's time to upgrade my panel. Um, to you know, uh, I mean, this game is in 4K, so I might be looking for a 4K monitor soon. Uh, but uh, if if you're into RTS's snag that game, it is it is super super fun. But uh, what has the cat been playing, Josh? Um, she's been she's been playing the game where she keeps slamming the bathroom door against the wall. What's the cat's name? Piddles. Piddles. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, last week we asked you guys if you could add any character to Smash Bros. Who would it be? And we got um, a bunch of interesting responses. Um, Mike B said Battletoads, Zits and Rash skin swap. Either that, or they could swap someone like Lucina for a more interesting female from the Fire Emblem series. Uh, Jake S. said, Simon Belmont, Bayonetta, or K. Rule. And no, I can't just pick one. Uh, Jonathan, is that our Jonathan? Eric? Yes, it is. Okay, it's our Jonathan, Jonathan London. Uh, he said, Simon Belmont and Professor Herschel Layton. Uh, Carlos L. said, Bomberman. Uh, Miles H. said, Cooter for sure. I'd be Cooter. What's Cooter? Cooter. Cooter's okay, Cooter, all right. Man. Um, it's Cooter, dude. Josh Jackson. You don't know Cooter. <laughs> Do you? Cooter. <laughs> uh, oh god, I just googled Cooter. That's tough. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, thank God, safe shirt, safe search is on. Um, Josh Jackson. Oh, that's you. Um, said Ray Mark II, Chibiro, Bo, and Isaac in that order. Why did we put your spawns in here? Why not? Because mine were the best. Uh, okay. Graham H. said Jack Bauer. What the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> he already stole Metal Gear. Uh, yeah. Um, Russell B. said Banjo and Kazooie. Jesse J. said either Bonk or Billy and Jimmy Lee. Or hey, Battletoads. Peter M. said Rex from Mass Effect. Nicole M. said Jem. Uh, Andrew <laughs> S. <laughs> My buddy Andrew S. said Crystal. Uh, and that's Crystal from the um, Star Fox game. The dinosaur Star Fox thingy uh you know crystal with a k uh tyler s said banjo a classic character and it'd be fun to see how they incorporate uh kazooie rick l said james bond from gold nine nintendo 64 it's a really iconic game in nintendo's history and they should show it some love his super can be the golden gun and it can play his theme as he chases people down uh sam s said earthworm jim chance d said isaac uh, there's a lot of Isaacs. It could be, you know, Isaac from Binding of Isaac or Isaac from uh, Dead Space. No, it's definitely Isaac Andrew- from Golden Sun. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Golden Sun. Golden Sun. Fuck, okay. Um, Andrew S. said, uh, well, he, he already commented, but he said, Roy's our boy, Roy's our boy, Roy's our boy. Uh, Daniel Y. said, Snake needs to stop keeping us waiting. Uh, Troy M. said, Birdo. Ryan L. said, Goku. Uh, there's a sh- couple of Shreks thrown in here. <laughs> um, uh, oh, and here's Davis the Untamed coming back. <laughs> you guys remember? <laughs> I, said, I, I I agree with Birdo, Banjo Kazooie, and Earthworm Jim. And since they already have Mega Man, Capcom would go a step further and have a Smash style Ryu. He's part of a gaming history and has been more fighting crossovers than anyone. And uh, Andrew W posted a picture that's going around where people are trying to vote in the reckless safety notice man from Smash Brothers. And it's. Um, <laughs> You know, the when you pl- plug in a game, it's it's like make sure you put your Wii strap on, and it's that like character, you know, with the guy like waving his arms around, knocking <laughs> shit off of like uh, desks and stuff. Um, so they they say um, they want him on there. Uh, Patrick E said Howard Howard and Nestor. 
Uh, who did oh, they? they were from the old Nintendo, Nintendo Power, Power comic. Oh, okay, okay. Uh, Ash P said the chorus kid because Rhythm Heaven deserves representation in Smash, and there are too many hilarious possibilities for their move set. Um, Eric Francisco. Eric Francisco. He said Travis touchdown. I guess he didn't listen to last week's episode where we talked all about his article that he wrote. So thanks. Um, <laughs> Our own Matt Kelly said Earthworm Jim. Um, Andrew W. said Earthworm Jim. Andrew W. also said Nestor as well. And Captain N. I think Captain N would be a fucking amazing character to bring back to Smash Brothers. Um, what do you guys think? I would love... Ca- Dude, Captain... Uh, yeah, because the Zapper. And then have, but then you have to add ugly Mega Man in there, too, as a skin. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then... Uh, uh, Jonathan came back with more Leisure Shoot Larry and Guybrush Threepwood and oh, Roger Loco. Um, Leisure Shoot and, Larry. <laughs> uh, someone said Cooking Mama um, and more Bayonetta from Richard C. Um, and I saw another Bayonetta. Ah, fuck it. So, um, yeah, thanks for the responses, everybody. We really appreciate it. Um, this week, our question is very um, deep. Uh, it says if you, this Derek came up with this one, so I'll let you go first. But you should let me go last. If, well, I go last, so I carry us into the outro. Third. Okay. All right. So, all right. So yes. if you could erase, if you could erase any game from your mind, so you could experience it again for the first time, what game would it be? And let's let Josh go first. Okay, for me, I would probably have to say, huh? Probably have to say Shenmue. Because uh, Shenmue is just such a innovative, creative, and in-depth game at the time, and I feel like it really holds up to today's standards. In fact, I feel like it was the first game that kind of established a lot of the standards that we have in a lot of our modern games. So, just for the sake did you, of... Did you ever see... Uh, sorry, um, did you ever see Mega64's... Um, they always do those GDC videos, and like they did the one with... Um, uh, Kudaragi and uh, Sakaguchi, but they did one with um, the guy who made Shenmue. I can't remember Yu his Suzuki. name. Yu Suzuki. And they did one where he explains um, what the storyline for Shenmue 3 um, was. And it was something that they wrote where like, he, he drives a forklift to the moon and like fights hippies <laughs> with his machine gun arm. But hearing him like say it, it was super funny. So I'll put a link in the show notes to that video. Um, but yeah, I, sorry, sure. I don't going. think I ever saw that one. But no, just I'll, for I'll, this... send, I'll, I'll send it to you right now. All right, perfect. But yeah, just for the sake of being able to play it with fresh eyes and see if it really does hold up as much as I think it would. And if it did, it would be completely worth it because it was such an experience at the time. And to be able to experience it again for the first time would easily be one of the best examples that I could think of. Awesome. Uh, Juan, what was, what was your game that you want to experience again? There, there are too many, but I think the one game, just for the sake of not only because the game was good, but the way me and my cousins uh, reacted when we watched it would be Chrono Trigger. Uh, I was lucky enough to grow up uh, in a house uh, right in front of my aunt and her uh, three kids. So whenever we had summer break, the entire summer was just us playing video games. And when we rent, we rented Chrono Trigger, then it was one of those things where a lot of people won't understand now, but you know, when you rented the game, you know, you had about three days with it, but if mm-hmm. you weren't done with it, you just kept it to, and you would pay the late fee because you wanted to finish it. We kept Chrono Trigger for about two weeks <laughs> and, and, uh, 
we for that summer and it was one of those games where it was fun if we weren't playing we just needed to see that what the story was and to i remember very vividly getting to the point where you find out what happened to glenn the frog you know before he turned and about uh his uh his friend who died in the war that magus killed or and the music that played like really struck. It was one of those moments. I think I answered this in a previous podcast. One of those things that got me misty eyed was that moment where his, he was talking to his friend, the ghost of his dead friend. And I felt so, such a connection in that moment where he faces off against Magus and then the candles light up uh, towards him and it makes that circle. And then it has that real dramatic music that's leading up to the fight. And I just remember being so caught up in that moment and all of us in the room with me and my cousin Thomas and Rick, and we were just all like kind of like helping each other out, trying to like strategize like what attack to throw out next. It was one of those really rare games that brought us all together. It just bonded us uh, just because we felt so, uh, so much with uh, Glenn. For some reason, we love that damn frog. And then even <laughs> that part where, where, uh, where Chrono, spoiler, where Chrono dies and is just the uh, the rest of the party where you fight Lavos for the first time and Chrono sacrifices himself and so now the it was one of those things like Psycho where you see the lead actress or the lead die within the first half hour the lead dies and it's the remaining cast that's playing that's playable and, we're, and we were thrown to a loop because we've never experienced that we've played tons of games but we've never had that happen to us so uh, it was those little things that made me to even to this day. It's the game that made me love uh, with uh, traditional JRPGs, and uh, I, and I if I could, I would erase every memory of it so I could just play it again. But I would have to have my cousins with me though, because that one made it special. But you wouldn't awesome. remember playing with them. Uh, no, we would just wake up in a room and see like, oh, what's going All on? Right. Oh, what's this cutscene? All right, cool. Okay. <laughs> And it you could be a, it. it could be it could be a Square Enix ARG where Twitch lets <laughs> lets you decide what to do. <laughs> that would be kind of cool. Uh, Derek, what is uh what is yours? So it was a bit hard for me. Um, it took a lot of thought. You know, I was thinking things like you know, I, like I thought, oh, maybe the first Deus Ex actually, since we're talking about it, and I remember it being such a memorable experience. But then I realized that it, I played it so long ago that I've actually pretty much forgotten it. So it would be a fresh experience. So I'm not gonna go with that one. Uh, then there's like, you know, you can always like go and pick your favorites, like the Silent Hill 2 or, you know, Metal Gear Solid 3 or whatever. But so I'm not going to go with those because those are just too obvious. Um, I think that the game that affected me the most, uh, probably out of any game that I've ever played and a game that I would love to forget so I could gasp every gasp and make every wrong decision all over again would be the first season of The Walking Dead game by Telltale Games. That's a good fucking choice. Just because, like, it is a game that, and it and it's actually a game that I've like people I know I've tried that haven't played it. I've tried to get them to play when I'm around because I want to live vicariously through them and see them freak out and gasp and cry and everything like that. Like, because it's such an insane experience. Uh, for sure, like that that would be that would be number one. Like, f- let me forget it so I can start it all over again because it's freaking amazing. That ending, that ending, and it's a game that I, yeah, I, like I I totally will play it again and see what'll happen, what happens if I make these decisions instead. But it's it's that game, it's those games that they they only affect you that hard that first time because you know how things are kind of gonna go after that. Yeah, 
that's that, I have to to echo that um, that sentiment. But I think I think my choice. Um, I'm trying like hearing everyone else's. Um, I'm trying to think of something that I enjoyed playing for the first time, and I'm thinking like Christmas Day playing Ocarina of Time. Um, and like playing Goldeneye and like those old 64 games. But my choice probably has to be, um, and, uh, yeah. Okay. Confirmed. Confirmed. It has to be Bioshock Infinite. Um, plus all the DLC. I wish that I had played the core game, then went right into the two episodes of the DLC. Um, because I, I've never been interested in playing a game for its story like that before. I, I, I kind of had this narrow-minded outlook on gaming that, like, the story was ancillary to the gameplay. That's why I didn't like games like Final Fantasy. I was like, oh, you know, uh, whatever. But um, I, I seriously sat through and played Bioshock Infinite almost 24 hours straight. Like, I could not stop playing. I, I hear I loved, you on that one, too. That, that was, I, I almost said that, but then I remember The Walking Dead. I, I love that, like, alternate history and, like, that, um, uh, the narrative element of, like, <laughs> Like uh, the consumer of the narrative is being fucked with on like a like severely like visceral level, um, you know, very much like the movie Primer. Have you guys seen Primer? No. No. Uh, it's it's on Hulu Plus. I don't think it's on Netflix anymore. But get it. It, it was a movie made for like eight grand. And watch Primer. Don't read anything about it. Don't read anything about it. Watch Primer. Like this weekend. Like I'm telling you guys. Um, but uh, the ending for Bioshock Infinite. Uh, was was so amazing, and then the ending for the two DLC packages just really wrapped it up in like this nice like story universe that I would love I would love to revisit f- like with fresh eyes. It it was it was it was amazing. Yeah, so. yeah, no, I totally totally agree with that. I I mean I it, it's just such a well realized world and atmosphere too. Like I spent far longer than I should have just wandering around that carnival at the beginning. Like looking at and observing everything because it was so freaking well done. Yeah, and um, I actually, um, my dad ended up getting a copy of that with his video card that, for a mm. computer I built him, and um, I said, "Here, just play around with this." And he he said he like he played for a few hours, but just stayed in the carnival. And when he got to the the part where you know you uh, can uh, stop or allow those um those minorities to get hit with baseballs mm-hmm. he's he's like wow i could see this being a really amazing story that you know he, he doesn't really get the first person shooters on a mouse and keyboard that well so he was like i would love to see this as a movie i mm-hmm. could see that turning into something really really cool so that's it so guys uh let us know uh what uh game you would like to erase from your mind so you can experience for the first time and why um Guys, if you are listening to us on iTunes, please, 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 please give us a review. Rate us. It means a lot, and it really helps us. Uh, Share us with your friends. Um, You can find us all at Geekscape.net. You can follow us at Geekscape Games on Twitter. I am at Shane O'Hare. I'm at D. Cranavelt. At Enu Joshua. At The King of Mars. All right, and we will see you guys back here next week. Bye, everybody. Bye. Bye. You did a great job sticking with that hour. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, fucking bullshit. <laughs>